while you're waiting on me, you're the one over there playing on TikTok. And I'm, I'm trying the one to always waiting on you. I was playing on TikTok, waiting for you to finish reading the stuff I've that you said. I've literally been read. staring at you, waiting for you to take your attention off TikTok for like at least five minutes. And you haven't noticed, nor have you turned toward the microphone, <coughs> nor have you turned the, the, the volume down on the TikTok so that I can start the podcast. So I, I just thought you'd do like you always do, how you're so awestruck with me and you just like staring at me. I just thought that's what you were doing. I'm staring at you because you have a weird face. Huh. What does it say about you? You married me. <laughs> I like charity. <laughs> Welcome to the Chase Lounge. Good enough reason, I guess. It is a good enough reason. <laughs> Monster hog helps, but you know. Oh, that's the side piece you had? Me. <laughs> See, I can't even say something nice about you without you, like, deflecting it like Wonder Woman with her bracelets. Waka, waka. Just, I deflect your good, your good, good comments about me. Mm-hmm. Trying to be nice, trying to, like, make you feel better, trying to, like, pump you up as a person, and you're just like, no, you know I will not allow you. up right now? I, I don't know. My buddy from Texas has already came through. They went and got my pickles yesterday. <gasps> They're going to take them by the post office on Monday and let me know how much it's going to be. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get me some pickles. Okay, my, my friend, I don't, I don't know what's going on with my friend. She's got the pickles. She just keeps not being able to get by the post office, which is seriously ironic because her husband works for the post office. And I'm right. like, just send it with him. You know, just like, you don't have to go. Just let him take it and send it up here. <laughs> Like, he can't just take them with him when he goes to work? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. But that's okay. I mean, you know, they probably got something going on. I, I, I'm not going to fault her for it. No, I'm not going to fault her for it at all. She's actually, um, she is still recovering from, um, she had a pretty major surgery a couple months ago um, to the point where she hasn't even been back to work um, because she can't walk. Oh, damn. I, I mean, she can, she can get around, but, like, she can't stand for extended periods of time and you know things like that so yeah they've been they've been living off one salary for like the last little bit so yeah i don't i don't fault her for any for any of that but yeah you know and i was thinking about my buddy in texas right Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about all this crap that's been going on with texas right and of course you know every time texas gets pissed off they they like to talk about being leaving the country, seceding from the nation. They can be their own country, blah, blah, blah. I've seen so many freaking videos. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, there was one, this lady was, you know, you know, they'll do like, they'll play two parts in the same video. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, supposedly it was a lady calling the Social Security office wanting to know why she didn't get her. I always get my check on the third. Why didn't I get it? Well, you know, those are for American citizens, and you know, you're you're no longer an American citizen, so you won't be getting that check. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a post on. Go ahead. Now, what I was going to say, what that brought me to thinking about, was what happens to the people that are in prison in Texas. Of course. Every yeah. freaking time. But what happens to the people that are in prison in Texas that are in prison for federal crimes? They will be moved out immediately. 
They will 100% be bused to a state that is still a state and not its own autonomous nation. But how would they get them out? They would take the feds in there. They, uh, I, more than likely, they probably have some type of military escort. Seriously. But what if Texas says, we don't have an extradition treaty with you? You can't take any of our prisoners. But they're not Texas's prisoners. But they're prisoners in Texas. But they don't belong to the state. A lot of those guys aren't even from Texas. But I'm saying, but what if they are not, they don't have an extradition treaty? Because, like, there's people in prison in other countries that we want. Mm Mm-hmm. But those countries are like, we don't have an extradition treaty with you. You're not taking them. So here's what I think Texas is failing to consider in their attempt to become their own nation. Um, I think they're failing to consider that they ain't gonna they ain't gonna make it because the second that Greg Abbott says "fuck y'all, we're our own country." Um, I'm pretty sure that maybe not Biden because, you know, he's a nice guy or whatever, but Kamala, <laughs> she'll probably like send the troops to the border at Texas and, and freaking surround the state and probably SEAL Team 6 will go into the governor's mansion and drag Greg Abbott out by his wheelchair and um, trot him out in front of a camera and say, now say the words and make him apologize on camera. Um <laughs> I, I don't. It's not going to end the way Texas thinks it's going to end. It's it's just not. It, there's no freaking way it can. Let's say because uh, do, do you remember Brexit when when uh, when England decided to get out of the European Union? Vaguely. Okay. This happened several years ago, and uh, England decided it wanted to be its own autonomous nation away from the European Union, and. That process of divesting itself from this thing that it had been a member of for decades, a century even, has taken many years. And they're still not fully divested from the European Union. And it, within the first year, people living in England who approved of Brexit are realizing what a shit show they started by voting for it. Because, like you said about the Social Security, these people were pissed that now they have to stand in the international line at the airport instead of the local line. They're like, well, you're not a part of the European Union. Of course you're going to be in the international line. You are an international country now. You don't belong to us anymore. Uh, The trade routes were, oh, my God, like figuring out how they were going to do trade, figuring out what Ireland was going to do, because you've got North Ireland, and which is attached to England, and then you've got the other part of Ireland, which which is the island, which was not part of this Brexit deal. What are they going to do now that they have a country that's literally attached to their landmass? How are they going to deal with that border? What is Scotland going to do? What is the trade route going to look like? What is the shipping route going to look like? What is, you know, you've got the channel that goes from uh, Paris to uh, London. What does that look like? Because now it's crossing an international border as opposed to just all being a part of the same country or all being a part of the same, you know, nation, uh, nation state. And that took years and years and years and years, and they are still not fully done. And they did that with the full backing and support of the government that was helping them do it. If Greg Abbott tells Biden that he can get fucked, we are our own nation now, 
it is going to be so much worse for Texas. So much worse because they won't have anybody helping them. It won't be one of those situations where they're trying to figure out treaties so they can become their own country. It'll be just an instantaneous lockdown of the state. The banks won't work. The, the, you think American Airlines is going to keep their, <laughs> their stuff in Texas anymore? The airports. The airports won't work. You won't be able to fly out of the state because now it's an international border. Well, that too, like somebody said too about... Uh like major uh, uh, professional sports teams. Yeah. We have an agreement with Canada to go up there. They have an agreement for their teams to come here. Where's Houston at? Where the Astros? The Rangers and Astros is going to play each other all year? Not all those players live in Texas. Exactly. I guess it's just going to be a whole season of Mavericks versus the Rockets versus the, the Spurs. And 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 the the, the, the Houston's Houston, versus uh, uh, the Cowboys, the Texans versus Texans the versus Cowboys. Then you've got what is it, the Dallas Stars and the Houston? Uh, what's their hockey team? The Arrows or something like that? I Who freaking knows? <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't know even know Houston had a hockey team. I knew about the Dallas Stars, but the, that's you know tangentially. I mean, come on. And. I understand that these rednecks in Texas, because I was one of them screaming for states' rights, think that everything is going to be just all hunky-dory, but now Texas is going to be its own country. And I'm sorry, that's just not the way things work. That is just... mm -mm. No. They're going to send the military in there, and they're going to lock down the state. And they're not going to allow you... I, I was I was actually looking into uh, you, you know that that old uh, urban legend that that every Texan is raised with that Texas was the only state that was allowed to maintain its ability to secede when it joined the Union. Right. Every Texan has heard that from the yep. time they were little bitty. It is an absolute. That is nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. After the Civil War. Any state that was allowed back into the Union after the Civil War had to give up its right to secede. The only way that Texas could do it is they have to get the permission of both houses of Congress. They have to get the permission of the president, and they have to get the permission of two-thirds of the states. They basically have to have a constitutional convention to allow a state to secede. Otherwise, it's going to be an act of open rebellion, which will trigger a military response on American soil which has never been seen before. And Texas thinks they can win that one. (laughs) There there probably will be some military that goes, you know, that that turns against the orders that they've been given to, you know, shut down Texas. I'm sure that there will probably be some Texas boys in the military that are going to be like, no, I'm not listening to you. Those guys are going to be locked up real damn quick in military jail, and they're not going to be let out. And they're going to be replaced with somebody who will listen to an order because that's what happens in the military. You can't, I, I understand the whole, I was just following orders. That's kind of your job in the military. Like you have, you have to listen. <laughs> and when you're in basic training, they break you down and build you back up into a person who will listen. You will follow orders. That, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. And these guys, I don't think these guys are going to turn against their orders the way that these Texas boys think that they will. They're just, they're just not going to do it. Well, I just think that they, these little guys just think that they can take on the whole country <clears throat> themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I've actually, uh, I, I got into it. It wasn't like a big, long discussion. Um, but it was a discussion with somebody on Facebook the other day. Somebody from Texas. Um, it was just in a random Facebook group I was in. And they were saying something about, yeah, Texas is going to be its own country. And da, 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 da. I was like, okay, just, let's just break this down. What does that look like to you? <laughs> and they kept naming off, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I was like, well, what about this, 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 and this? And the more we dug into it, the more clear it becomes that they've given absolutely zero thought to the logistics of this. They're just like, country, yeah, rah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, where they, that's where their thinking stops. But well, I mean, What I've always heard is, we've got our own oil, we got enough of our own oil, and we've got NASA. What else do we need? <laughs> Who are you going to sell that oil to, honey? <laughs> exactly. Because nobody's going to buy from the state of Texas. They're going to buy from the United States. But they don't have a treaty with you. Yup. And NASA is a federal company. <laughs> They're going to be moving out day one. <laughs> All those jobs are going to be gone. All that infrastructure is going to be gone. Like somebody said too, like what about all these towns that the only reason they exist is because there's a military base there. Mm-hmm. They shut down, uh, was it Fort Polk in Louisiana? I know Fort Polk got shut down in Louisiana and it, the town that was surrounding it within five years was dead. Because there, I mean, that there's, that's what's supporting the town is the military base. I mean, same thing here in Little Rock. We've got a middle, uh, military <coughs> base here that that's a lot of that's a lot of support for the for the local economy. Yeah, up in Jacksonville. Yeah. Then you got the other Camp Robinson. Yeah. What, the, it, is that an army base? It's a it's a military training facility. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that where uh, Kyle Rittenhouse went so he could do his training? No, I think that was a back in uh, Bubba's backyard. I saw that picture of him, and he was like, I'm tired after a long day of training. What are you training to be, sweetie? <laughs> this is meal team six here. <laughs> oh, and the, and the picture of Kyle Rittenhouse after his day of training, or whatever, he was LARPing as a as a SEAL team or whatever. Gravy SEALs. Gravy SEALs. But it, in the bottom part of the picture on the ground next to him were a couple of packages of fruit snacks. I'm not making this up. In the picture, and I'm like... Oh, every good little boy gets his fruit snacks when he does well. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's one of them kids that was raised on, raised on his uh, participation trophies. <laughs> you damn skippy. You damn skippy. And, and it, it it kills me because he, he's kind of... he's People are losing interest in him because he doesn't have anything interesting to say. The only thing interesting about him is that he's murdered two people and got away with it. Like, that's like literally the only interesting thing about him. But all of these right-wing media people keep trotting him out, and they keep taking him to conventions to speak about the Second Amendment. I'm like, this kid's 19 years old. What experience does he have about anything related to the Second Amendment, aside from the fact that he knows how to shoot people? Like, that's that's not... I don't know if that's the message you're intending to... Maybe, maybe that is the message you intend. I don't know. Second Amendment is about shooting people. Like, is that... <laughs> but he's losing... Every time he goes to another one of these speaking engagements, there's fewer and fewer people that want to see him. Because they don't give a shit about this kid. He was just a face. That was it. Yep. A temporary one at that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, enough he, about all that shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm tired about that. But anyway, uh, oh, what did we do today? You got to talk about today. You got to talk about this morning. 
Uh, let's see. I got up, watched some TV. <laughs> I ate an orange for breakfast. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then uh-huh. we went and ate at Olive Garden. No, you mean McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. I you mean, mean McDonald's. Yeah. We went to we went to the McDonald's. Went to, went to your McDonald's. <laughs> and we went to the Lego convention. But, I, perfectly honest here, I'm really glad that last year was the first time we went, instead of this year. Yeah. Because had this year been our first time to go, I don't know if we'd be going back. <laughs> well, I mean, they still had a lot of cool shit there, but it was no, nowhere near as much stuff as they had last year. No. I, I just wonder if maybe they just didn't have enough vendors. You know, like maybe some of the vendors didn't sign back up for this year or something like that. But mm-hmm. there, there were definitely a lot more displays last year. But, but, I mean, even though there weren't as many things there, I mean, they had the, the, the Lego Roman Empire. Yeah, the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Lego Vatican City. That was really cool looking. Fuck all that, man. That damn Star Wars one they had was badass. Oh, that Star Wars one was neat. It was the, the whole battle scene of Hoth. Yeah. And you're talking about the whole battle scene. You're talking, it was probably on a platform that was about four foot wide and about... 20 feet long yeah 15 20 feet long it, uh, it was the whole scene i mean it was it was everything yeah that was they had like four or five gigantic adats out there and i thought it was really cute because they kind of dolled a couple of them up just to make them look interesting they had one of them that had like a little christmas scarf and hat on on a little adat one of them had it stepped in gum <laughs> yeah that was cute <laughs> one of them had fallen over one of them looked like it was, it was taking a poop <laughs> And they had like all the little minifigs with their little guns, and some of them were going this way, and some of them were going this way, and some of them were pointed in the wrong direction. Did you see the the stormtroopers at the back of the scene were like all pointed in the wrong direction? Yeah, because they didn't know where they were going. <laughs> that was great, but I I got a bunch of good pictures of that display, and I got a, a video of the whole thing, so that was really nice. But yeah, and the kids uh, went to one of the building stations, and they built a duck, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a cute duck. dog's being lazy he knows when we do this podcast he's like yes i can have a nap up next to mommy for at least an hour <laughs> it was funny because we were sitting on the couch earlier and he came up and i kept telling him no he couldn't get on the couch and he kind of kind of sat there and he was like staring at me and then he looked over at you <laughs> and he looked back at me i was like no and he looked back at you again <laughs> i'm like don't look at her <laughs> she ain't gonna tell you yes and so much personality in those looks, too. Like, he would perk up his little ears, like, you gonna tell me I can come up here? <laughs> so cute. I swear. Lazy-ass dog. Just like our lazy-ass kid. Sitting here watching TV earlier, my phone starts ringing. I'm like, who the fuck's calling me? Go and look. And who is it? None other than my kid in the room on the other side of this wall. In his room. And wanted you to get him something. I was like, what do you want? He's like, <laughs> choking <laughs> can you bring me a root beer <laughs> i'm like oh my god <laughs> like, all right all right but how many times have i texted you and i've been like hey bring me a drink <laughs> oh yeah and we're sitting 10 feet apart <laughs> that's why god made uh cell phones so we could uh yeah. enjoy these little conveniences of life by making other people do the things for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense <laughs> I took Friday off because I just wasn't having it. I hadn't slept in like freaking four nights. I don't know what's going on with me. 
But I did sleep last night, which is good because I I got took a, a lot of my infused honey, probably more infused honey than I needed to have. Because <laughs> when I woke up this morning, I was still feeling. That's why you were driving. Yeah, I know. It kind of sort of threw me off because when we started to leave, you wouldn't got in the passenger side of the car, and I'm like, "If your if your vehicle," I'm like, "What are you doing?" And you looked at me with this weird looking on your face, and you're like, "You need to drive." Slow. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." Yep, I had a little bit too much honey, a little bit too much, but I slept really well last night, which is good because that's the first time I've slept in like four nights. Got a good night's sleep, and I actually was able to take a nap today, which is great. I hadn't been able to, t- to nap lately. It's all good. I'm sure people want to hear about this. This is boring as hell. <laughs> it's all right, though. We have our three loyal listeners. <laughs> if that, but that's okay. It's okay. We're not doing it just for that, so. No. One day we're going to blow up, be a million listener podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been doing this for, what, like three years and it hadn't happened yet, so. <laughs> hey, we're averaging, if we keep doing this for another 60 years, We'll have 63 people because we average, you know, three years, three people that listen. Heck yeah. This is our fourth year. The math works, man. We just got to get one more person this year. The math works. I like it. (laughs) I like the way you think. (laughs) Well, it's because I think smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you were thinking smart when we were going down the road today, and even though I had the GPS on, you were still driving past the exit, and I had to tell you where to turn um, which is something that I do all the time and you make fun of me for. So I'm going to make fun of you for it, uh, for almost missing a turn and having to be told where to turn, even though you had the blue line to tell you where to turn and you were ignoring it. I wasn't even looking at it. I know, exactly. And you make fun of me for doing the same thing. It's okay, though. I still love you. Mm-hmm. Boop. <laughs> Don't boop me. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot to talk about today. Um, yeah, I had a like nothing went on this week. At the, I mean, at, at work, I mean nothing. <laughs> well, um, we I'm at- short a truck all week, and so I didn't have shit to do all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most work I've done is one day the I did some more painting. Mm-hmm. Put an extra coat on some stuff that already had one. Some that needed some, like the, a couple of handrails. I mean. That was about it. And Monday's going to be about the same because the boss won't be there. So I'll have to cover for him. And we still don't have a truck for me to do anything if he... So it's... We'll see. I'm actually pretty pleased with with the stuff I've been doing at work. um, Because the first two weeks of January, I had put up, what, for like $4,000 in sales? Something like that. Yeah, which is really, really bad for the first two weeks of the month. Yeah. But the last two weeks of the month, I managed to triple that. Yeah. So, um, I, I ended up... to a much better start this month. Much better start. I, I didn't end the month where I really wanted to be, but I ended it a lot higher than I thought it was going to be, which is which is good. And, uh, you know, well, I'm... Two days this month, you're already half to, way to where you were after two weeks last month? Yep. <laughs> More than halfway. More than halfway, because I'm over 2,000 in sales right now, and we're only on day two of the month, uh, of the sales month, you know. Day three of the actual month, day two of the actual, you know, like, work month. In which, what, today's the third, so Sunday's the fourth, so, hey, my oldest's birthday is Tuesday. Oh, yeah, it is. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to wish him a happy birthday. Oh, I've got to get in touch with him because uh, I've got to talk to him about the bike. He never sent me over that VIN. So I've got to I've got to get that so I can put that on our insurance. Um, yeah. So what was the whole deal about that? I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, so he's, um, of course, insuring the bike himself, um, you know, since he's under the age of 25 and it's a sports bike. Super expensive. Um, and he's kind of like, he, he, was at, he was asking me, he's like, hey, if we just kind of threw this on your insurance, can you check and see if maybe it'll be less? And uh, I checked two different ways. I checked with like full coverage insurance, which would add like $300 to our monthly bill. And then I checked it with liability only, which would be like 50 bucks even with him as a, as a young driver on there. And he's currently paying close to 100 for liability only. So I was like, yeah, that's definitely a better deal. Okay. So I just have to get the information for the bike so that I can call them back and be like, hey, you know that deal we talked about the other day? Go ahead and pull the trigger. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and <laughs> he's like, I'll send you the money. I haven't told him yet. And I'm like, you're not paying me for insurance on this bike. Not for 50 bucks. There's no way. That I'm going to make him repay me for that. There's absolutely no way. So I'm going to refuse his money. He just doesn't know that yet. Yeah, he will. <laughs> yeah, he will. <laughs> but if he sends you, if he, if he if he refuses and sends it to you, if he sends you the fifty bucks, you send him back fifty-five. <laughs> well, if if he sends me fifty dollars a month, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it into an account that he doesn't know about. And just let it sit. And then, after a few years, I'm going to just give him all that money. And be like, here's your bike money. That'll work. Yeah. So, I, I mean, because, you know, that's his money. He's he's young. He needs help. <laughs> We're in a position, so we might as well. Might as well. So, anyway. I can't get my foot to pop. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am a poor thing. What have you written down over there? Everything we've already talked about. <laughs> it's horrible. I am so sorry. We're going to do some Am I the Assholes today. Well, I can already tell you that you are. I learned it from you. It's like that drug commercial in the 80s. I learned it from you. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. You seriously? Oh, my God. Okay, so I can't remember if it was in the 80s or the 90s. But, uh, you know, the, the dare, say just say no to drugs you know, commercials that used to come out. Um, one of them was the dad was like, you know, giving the teenager the business about why are you smoking this? It like had a, had a, had a joint. And like, why are you smoking this? It's bad for you. You're going to ruin your life. And wh why are you even doing this? And the kid looks up with tears in his eyes. He's like, I learned it from watching you. And oh, like the dad, dad is like, smoking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember those now. <laughs> Which, as we all know now, 40 years later, <laughs> D.A.R.E. is one of the worst things that could have happened in the war on drugs. Because all it is, is a police officer going to a school, telling the children the, the, the street names for the drugs, what they look like, how much they cost, and where to find them. Yeah. And then being like, now don't do that. <laughs> There have been so many documented cases of police officers going into schools and being like, these are marijuana joints. I'm going to pass these around so you know what they look like. And then when they come back, there's not as many as when they handed them out. <laughs> it's like, are you guys actively stupid? Or <laughs> Well, that's just like we, uh, the 
police when I was in high school. Every few months, they had an agreement with the school. They were they they brought the dogs through to check the school, right? Right. Well, we had several students at our school who had parents that were in the police force, and they would always know the day that they were coming. Uh huh. So she would just tell everybody the day before. <laughs> So nobody, everybody makes sure that they, I mean, they never found anything in our school. Not once. Well, here's, here's what I would do, but this is because I'm an agent of chaos. Um, if I knew the dogs were coming in, I would take some type of dog treat or some type of raw meat or something and put it in my locker every single time. So the dogs would alert on my locker. Every single time. And all they would ever find in there would be like some raw meat for the dogs, right? And so that way, when there's actually drugs in my locker and they're alerting on the locker, they're like, oh, that's just the one that always has meat in it. It's fine. And they would just keep going. Keep going. Exactly. So, you know, there, there's a, <laughs> there's ways around the dogs is what I'm saying. See, I would be bringing it up there to put in somebody's locker I didn't like. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the second option. That's That's definitely... <laughs> Of course, I liked everybody. I got along with everybody. You did not. You punched that one guy in the face. And you did it around the principal. Oh, but yeah, he don't count. (laughs) I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. But I'm saying you literally got in a fist fight in in the hallway while the principal was holding you by by the scruff of your neck and carrying you to the office. We weren't outside in the hallway. We were outside. And it was after this quote unquote fight. Where I just kept throwing the guy on the ground because I didn't know what else to do because he ducked his head and started swinging and ran at me. Did you slap him? No, I just sidestepped him and then put my foot behind him and one hand on his head and threw him on the ground. <laughs> and I did that like ten times. He kept getting up and he'd come at me. I'd do the same thing. And the cop, finally, the cop, the principal finally broke us up. And then he started talking all the shits and he kicked my ass. I got pissed off and I reached around the principal and popped him in the face. <laughs> Well, he kind of had that coming. But that was in junior high. That was the last fight I got into at school. Once I got into high school, it shit never happened. That's because they knew that you would pitch a baseball through their torso if you messed with them too much. No, because I had a senior on the baseball team protecting me. <laughs> who would pitch a baseball through the torso of anybody who messed no, with No, he, he was the first baseman. Okay. But he protected me because he was like a bigger guy on campus. And... uh the bigger guy that was a family, real close family friend that passed away with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, threatened him. Said, uh, that's my little brother. Oh, I better not find out, ever hear him talk about somebody fucking with him at that school. <laughs> that's on you if it is. So, yep. <laughs> talk shit to people, it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> Because nobody would fuck with me because of him. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have a protector, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. And then as as you grew kind of into yourself and a little bigger, you became the protector. At least on the baseball field, for sure. Well, yeah. Because that was my field, especially my senior year. That Mm -hmm. field belonged to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of these days, um, tangentially related to, to baseball... I, I know we've talked about superstitions in the past and, you know, like weird things that, like, sports players do. I want to get a list of all of the weird superstitions 
in the past, you know, that, that baseball players are known to have done and just kind of go through like all the weird little rituals and stuff. Good God, there's so fucking many. I know, it would be great because you know some but of them are like super weird. everybody has their own and, little thing. I know. I like, like the thing where you don't talk to the pitcher who's doing the, the perfect game. And, well, that's not, you know, that's not a, I mean, that's, that's, that's just known. It's still. That's every, that's every team. It's still a superstition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that and not stepping on the baseline and making sure you're wearing the right socks and, you know. Never got that far, but I always had my, my jewelry, a certain necklace that I wore. And I can remember pitching a game in high school and that necklace broke and hit the ground. And I bent down and I picked it up. I looked at it and I heard my mother in the stands. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> she knew. Yeah. Like, I, I I didn't even call for a time or whatever from the umpire. I just walked over to the fence and handed it to her. And then there was like some guy was out there in the in the thing. They were trying to figure it out. And, and I heard him say, what's the big deal? He's like, no, he, he won't. He, he's not going to pitch without this. And like, I'm standing there at the fence while everybody's like kind of on the field, like, right, what the hell's going on? And then there was like a guy went over there. He took his necklace off because he had one, mm-hmm. took the pieces that broke on mine off. And then they he, they sat there and they, they rigged my necklace back together and put it and put it, I got it back on. I went back to the mound. I mean, like, I just, I stopped fucking everything. <laughs> I was like, no, this ain't happening. <laughs> But it was the one that had my little Tasmanian devil pendant on it. Mm-hmm. We've got that little Taz somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere. I, I, I may know where it is. I need to look at it. <clears throat> there was, um, what was it that I was, um, because it, there was a reason I brought up sports superstitions, and now I can't remember what it was. Um, ah, shit, I guess it doesn't matter. Marijuana is a memory loss drug. Exactly how much have you had right. before you came in here? Yeah, I can, I'll never forget that day. Just didn't say anything to anybody. I just walked over to the fence and handed it to her like it broke. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Super Bowl is next week. Yep. And we have D&D next week, so we need to figure out um, where we're going to have the game and watch the game and everything else. We'll figure but, it out. Um, I am really looking forward to um, the game between the 49ers and Taylor Swift. Come on, 49ers. <laughs> Are you kidding? I want Taylor Swift's boyfriend to win. <laughs> but, you know, there there's so many little butthurt man babies that are upset that a woman is on screen for 24 seconds out of a three-hour broadcast. And they're, like, pitching a, a super shit fit about it. And then I see people on TikTok, you know, these fathers that are showing their little girls that are watching football with them for the first time ever, and they're taking an interest in their thing that their dad takes an interest in. Yeah. And now they have something bringing them together. And that is just like, oh, my God. That is the sweetest thing. I, this, this dad took a video of his of – his, I guess she was maybe maybe eight. I showed that to you. Yeah, yeah, I know you did. But and I, they don't know that okay. you did. But um, she was maybe eight years old, and she's just laying on the couch watching the TV, and he's like – Hey, watch, you know, he turns the camera to himself. He's like, hey, watch this. And he flips the camera to her. Show you what football or 
what Taylor Swift at football games has done to my daughter. Yeah. And then he's, he said, honey, what shotgun formation? And she accurately says what shotgun. I don't even know what shotgun form, formation is, but she described it perfectly. What's a tight end? And she told him what a tight end was. Where does a tight end line up? She told him where the tight end lines up. How many how many uh, tries do you get to make 10 yards? And she told you know, him she, exactly. She said, how many yards does it take to get a first down? 10. How many tries do you get to do that? Four. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> rattling stuff off. And he, he turned the camera back on himself, and there were tears in his eyes. He was like, I finally have something to bond with my daughter over. Thank you, Taylor Swift, for bringing my daughter to the to the game so that we can bond over it. And it's just, that's awesome. And I think that uh, they said over the 12 games that she's been to, um, it has it has generated over $300 million in revenue for the NFL. <laughs> just like an advertisement, more people going to the game, more people watching the game, and just, you know. Well, see, it's funny you mentioned that it was her 12th game. Because there's a thing going around that, her, you know, her favorite number is 13. Right. You know what else is 13? It's our 13th game to go to. You know what else is 13? It's the 49ers, right? What is 4 plus 9? Oh, my God. Too many things <laughs> coming together. I've seen a lot of people doing, like, the number, you know, the math stuff on there. But this means this and this means Look at Travis Kelsey's numbers. This plus this and it equals this. And da, da, da. It's like, calm down, calm down. It's just, it's, she's a fan of the game. It's okay. <laughs> There's not some weird Illuminati thing going on, I promise. And all these guys are like, Kansas City never would have gone to the Super Bowl without Taylor Swift being there. It's a psyop, and it was written, and it was scripted. No. I mean, <laughs> isn't that weird that Kansas City went? It's weird it because of the way that they've been playing this year. They had to rewrite the script, and they realized how much money they could make <laughs> if they kept Kansas City in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe. They rewrote the script. Maybe. You know what's bad is that there's a I can't. I, I, it sounds dumb to say that because I'm going to say a well known, but I, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, I want to say it's Adam Schiff. Adam Adam. Uh, what's his name? Newscaster. But, but it's been like an ESPN sportscaster yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. He was on somebody's podcast the other day and he was talking about like, oh yeah, they're making it obvious that it's scripted now. Because everybody knew it was supposed to be the Ravens and the 49ers. And then they started trying to figure out, they started redoing stuff when they saw what Swift did to the ratings. And it's all about the money. So, okay, let's assume for a moment. So you can't script a game. Right. But you can make sure you know who wins. When it's said and done. Let's assume for a second that all of the scripting nonsense is real. Let's assume. Does it take away from your enjoyment of watching the game knowing that it's scripted? You watch the WWE. You know all that shit's scripted too and you still enjoy it. But the thing is, is that... that Uh huh. Yeah. No. You have, you have no way of refuting it because you enjoy. You sit down with me every you week me and you watch these games and you enjoy them. But the difference is, at least one of them's not trying to like beat it down your throat that they that it's not scripted. I'm sorry. Have we forgotten kayfabe in the '80s? 
Yeah, 80s. It's not the 80s anymore. Yeah, this is the 80s version of football. We just hadn't gotten to the non-kayfabe era yet. This is all a process. It's like people are just now figuring out that it's not real. Exactly. It takes a moment, okay? Like, people honestly, truly thought that Hulk Hogan was going out there and beating whoever, I don't know, Macho Man Randy Savage, whatever the fuck these wrestlers were doing in the 80s, right? They thought that was real. They legitimately thought it was real. And then people figured out, finally, oh, this is not real. This is scripted. And now we have the whole era where you've got Randy Orton playing the Viper in the ring and then, like, being a doting father on TikTok. Like, that's okay now. Dancing with his daughter on TikTok. Exactly. It's adorable. <laughs> doing yeah. a, doing an RKO into the pool. You know, that like, that's, that's adorable. But you wouldn't have seen that in the 80s and 90s with a WWE wrestler because they had to maintain kayfabe, right? Yeah. So that's what the NFL is now. They're having to maintain the kayfabe until enough of it wears off that they can admit that it's scripted and it's not going to take away from the enjoyment of anybody. The only people that it might take away their enjoyment is Las Vegas. Yeah. Cause it would take a big hurting mm-hmm. on the gambling money. Yeah. Huge. But, but then again, there's still a lot of gambling that goes on in wrestling. Well, I mean, I suppose you could gamble on stuff like how many finishing moves they have. How many, how many times they screw up a move? How many, th- you know, you can. Well, you can bet on like how many close pinfalls will there be beforehand? Yeah, you because know? that stuff so, is stuff not. Like that. Yeah, that stuff is not written into the script. They're just they're having fun out there. Yeah, I get it. But um, oh yeah, uh, uh, speaking of wrestling, I was talking with one of my other friends that that watches uh, WWE, and we were talking about our truth in the in the Royal Rumble. And honestly, he is a gift from God. It really is. He's, him showing up in the in the women's Royal Rumble and like looking around, ready to get somebody, and they're like, like, "You're not, you don't belong here." These all women. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're in the wrong Rumble. Those are all women in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that, that's on me. That's on me. That, that's my bad, y'all. My bad, y'all. <laughs> you know what kicked that whole persona off with him? What well, didn't he like? He did that at one of the the matches where he thought, quote unquote, thought he was in it. But when that what what kicked this whole character arc off for him? They just decided because he went because he had to shoot from the cuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they realized, holy shit, he's good at shooting from the cuff. He's funny. So we're gonna have to let him go. But what all started it? Because you know, like they always like one of the first wrestlers that come out for the night. You know, uh, this is Welcome to Monday Night Raw, Little Rock, Arkansas, or something like that, right? Well, he did his thing. It's all, what's up, what's up? He's going in the ring. And he would always say, like, Detroit, Michigan, what's up? And he did that somewhere, and he said the wrong city. (laughs) That'll piss him off. (laughs) And everybody's like, Oh, I mean, my bad. I mean, this town. He said the right one. And then so they, and that's what the reactions they got out of that. It's kind of like with the Mr. Sacco thing. Yeah. The fans wanted more of it. Yeah. Because it was like the next week, there was signs like, hey, Truth, this is the town we're in. You know, they had signs (laughs) up. And then he was like, he would get to that part and he'd go, and he stopped. And he walked over to the, uh, like the side of the, the ring, 
and called like the ring announcer. Like, hey, come here. And they got up there and he's like, what? And he started talking to him. He's like, okay. And he went back and finished it with the town that he <laughs> was in. Name. And that right there is what kicked off that whole goofy yeah wonderful character that we now all know and love you know and you know aside from him being really good at comedy and really good at playing that character he's good in the ring i like watching him wrestle it really is he's he's a you know he's a a very good entertainer in the ring extremely good entertainer extremely good which which i mean double threat there you know somebody who can actually handle a mic now maybe he can't handle a mic the way the Rock can or John Cena because those are like elite guys on the on the mic. I, I, I know a lot of people love The Rock, and I, I liked him too. As far as on the mic, mm-hmm. John Cena will always go down as the goat. Oh yes. Now, in terms of sheer control over the crowd, The Rock still has him because he was standing in the backstage. And he was on camera. Yeah. And he was talking about listening to the crowd. And then he held his hand up, and the crowd got real loud. And then he put his hand down, and the crowd got real quiet so they could hear him again. And then he did it again. And he was able to control the volume of the crowd just by looking at it and just by, you know, making that hand motion like up or down. And he was able to do that. I don't know if John Cena has that, that amount of control, but he knows how to work a crowd and he knows how to, he's extremely gifted in putting together a sentence and extremely gifted in putting together a promo in a way that I don't think the rock, Really, ha- I mean, The Rock can can control the crowd, but he's not as what's the word I'm looking for? Linguistically gifted, maybe. Yeah, but I used to love it whenever you know, Cena would be out there and he'd be talking to somebody, or they start talking shit to him or whatever, and he'd be like, you know what? And, and that's when you knew it was about to get good. He's like, let me school you on something. <laughs> and like even like this guy I like watching on TikTok when it, like he'll be watching it and doing his TikTok on it. And he'd be like, "Oh, Cena's about to cook. <laughs> don't don't burn him. No, I like this guy. Come on, just be a little easy on him, you know." But you knew it was going to get rough. Yeah. Well, no, no, definitely no shade on on John Cena at all. He had when he okay when he first came out as John Cena, he had this persona where he always wore jean shorts, like the long jean shorts, and he wore like a fucking Ed Hardy shirt. Or some, and a big gold chain, you know, like a big fucking chain, and his hat was on backwards, and he did this rapper. He was the thugonomics. He was the thugonomics guy, right? And he did this rapper thing, which is would be silly, just another white guy pretending to be a rapper. But John Cena can actually kind of rap, weirdly. It, now it's not you know good rap. But it's you can listen to it, and it doesn't make him look silly as a white person trying to do it because he can actually you know spit some lyrics. But just the fact that he's able to do that, and then he just kind of transitioned that into like a normal character that was not the thugonomics guy. But he, but I know I think Rock is the one that kind of broke the mold as far as the promos go, because he was the first one. They were like, okay, while you're doing your promo, just make sure you mention this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of it was just him. Mm-hmm. Not many wrestlers get that much freedom. No, they don't. I mean, there's more to get more freedom than what they used to. But back in the day, it was like, here's your script. Learn it before you go out. Don't mm-hmm. fuck it up. Because they were actors. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Dwayne Johnson is the one that kind of changed that. Yeah, he really is. And then Cena was probably the next biggest one to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure there's some out there that still get like their little freedom to do their thing. Like, I know one of them that gets one of their biggest freedoms is uh, not a wrestler. And that's Paul Heyman. Yeah. Now he, oh, he is gold on the mic. Yeah, he is. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about, like, you're, old, you're like your old school managers. I'm sorry, Paul Heyman's the GOAT there. He is the best. I mean, you've got some really good ones in the past, like Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart and all these guys, but Paul Heyman? That, that's that's his forte. He and owns that shit. Just the effortless way that he is able to cut somebody down. And good on the WWE for taking Paul Heyman and putting him with one of the worst people on the mic, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And then telling Brock Lesnar, just shut up. Just keep your GD mouth shut and let this man talk for you because you suck on the mic. I don't want to hear a damn word come out of your mouth. Let this man you talk for you. just stand out there and look menacing and he'll do all the talking for you. And that is a great team. Together, they make one perfect wrestler. One per. I mean, just... Now, he's with... They've got him paired up with Roman Reigns for a while now, but Roman's actually still pretty good on the mic. Yeah, I mean, Roman's not bad on the mic. Uh, he, but he, he does he does some good shit. Paul Heyman is way better. Yeah. Way better. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a TikTok, um, like one of those little cut, cap cut things that you can kind of put. And it, it's my favorite. It's, it's Paul Heyman where he's got the, the two belts over his shoulders, and they're asking him how he feels, you know, about whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm the GOAT. I'm I'm the best there ever was, and just like the way he's just like so casually, like of course. Oh, I'm and I said, how, how do you know about all this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm the goat. Simple, I'm the goat. <laughs> <laughs> or how how well do you have him prepared? Oh, it's simple. I'm the goat. <laughs> now, yes, in, sir, yes, you are. In terms of managers who understood the assignment, I'm going to say Paul Bear. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Really, he never spoke a lot. He, he did occasionally, but he, that wasn't his thing. But just being this creepy-ass sidekick of The Undertaker, I mean, uh, come on. I, I, I'm waiting for another character like that to come along, because when you had him, okay, you had like him and Kane, right? But you're, you still got The Undertaker. You're like, you're never going to have another character just that's going to hit gold like that. But you did. But then you did. And then now everybody's like, we're never going to have anything like that again. Somebody eventually will. But from, from, from when The Undertaker came on the scene to when Bray Wyatt showed up, that was a long time. Yeah. That was a long time. And we don't have Bray Wyatt anymore. And that just that breaks my heart because that character was so good. Yeah, that was such a phenomenal character. And just... So much better than when he came up with it, when he first came in with NXT, when they first started showing up on the the main shows. Mm -hmm. Remember what his name was then? Mm -mm. Husky Harris. <laughs> Poor thing. Well, John Cena started out as the prototype. He was supposed to be a half man, half machine. Da -da -da -da. No, he was not the not that. He was he was the prototype. As I'm the prototype. You know what but I mean? But he but he was doing kind of the like the moves that he did were yeah. supposed to be like machine kind of whatever. Everybody has a stupid hook when they first get in but you know eventually you just kind of well undertaker was mean mark yeah i mean you just you, like you figure out your character right and i 
think that Bray Wyatt didn't know what magic he had until he stepped out into into the pathway to the to the ring the first night when they shut the lights off to to do that little creepy music and everything and then everybody turned on their cell phone lights that was not supposed to happen yeah that that started the whole thing i mean and, and just like i get chills thinking about yeah. it because it was such an amazing moment because they had all the lights in the arena off except for the lights that were on bray and the family and they had that creepy ass lantern that they were bringing out to the ring you know it's supposed to be like menacing and all this stuff and then just one by one all these little lights showed up and it just filled up the entire stadium and they were like looking around and you knew they wanted to react to it, but I mean, you got to keep couldn't. that character, you know. But then, like every time they did it after that, it was more and more cell phone lights and more and but more fireflies, started, and they worked that into yeah. the act. And then they had the fireflies on the LEDs as they were coming out, and it was just that. I mean, you can't get that kind of magic on by, by meaning to like and then you him can't starting and that whole the firefly funhouse shit that he was doing. Oh my god, just that, that was all straight Bray Wyatt. That's all came from his mind. That came from nobody else. The insanity. Yeah, and then that Fiend character that came from that, that was... The Fiend is what the Boogeyman wanted to be. They just didn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. They didn't have a mind like Bray Wyatt kind of directing it. Because I remember when the Boogeyman came out, it should have been a a, a scary character, and it ended up more silly than it was scary. But then you have the Fiend come out, and the way that they were able to direct like all the lighting and all the, you know, the, the pyrotechnics and, you know, all the stuff to kind of build the mood for this specific character, they learned their lesson. And then they've got somebody like Bray Wyatt who's like, no, we need to do this, 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 and this, and it'll really make that character pop. And it was creepy and it was fun. And he is like insane in the ring. And I just wish that they had made that character unbeatable yeah it should have been an unbeatable character like you can beat bray wyatt but you can't beat the fiend you know that should have been well that's how it was with the demon king for a while with finn balor but then after them having demon king lose twice in a row it's kind of like what's the point of having the demon king like yeah he he, i I respect finn balor for trying to do the split personality kind of deal where he's like i'm gonna bring in the demon you know like i respect that but yeah, having him lose, like it's supposed to be this unkillable character. Yeah. You, they, they lost the mystique of it at yeah. that point. Also, I, I think him wearing all the streamers from his arms kind of makes the character a little silly as opposed to menacing. I don't know. I kind of like the look of it, though. The way, because he, 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 he moved really well with them. And like when he was crawling and shit, you know, that was kind of cool. So maybe don't make him out of sh- like rainbow streamer material. But like he had one, like I, I, I thought since after he turned into a heel character, that he was going to eventually bring in his, the heel persona of the Demon King. Yeah, because that would make sense. Because he has two Demon Kings. You have the, you have Finn Balor, face, mm-hmm. and you have the Demon King face, mm-hmm. and you have the Finn Balor that's a heel, and you have a Demon King that's a heel. But the Demon King looks completely. I don't know if you remember Papa Shango. Vaguely, yeah. You know, the Godfather? Mm-hmm. That's who that was before? Kind of like that is what he kind of how He, kind of, he had look, kind of looked like Papa mm-hmm. Shango. And I kept thinking that we were going to see that eventually, but haven't yet, so. Well, uh, 
I think that the person who oh it finally popped thank God um, I think the person who uh, kind of had the split personality thing down was Mick Foley yeah when he showed up at the Royal Rumble one time with all four characters yeah, I know it, it four just... different times you're like <laughs> fuck man we just got rid of this dude <laughs> but each character had a different move set and, and yeah and that's what I mean that's each what... character fought differently mm-hmm. like. They they you were had, on the mic different. You had Mick Foley come out, whatever. You had uh, mankind. You know, you had the dude love that would come out, mm-hmm. but and when mankind was out, but then when the Cactus Jack music hit, kudos to whoever his opponent was, because whenever they would do that kind of like quote unquote surprise intro, you know change into cactus jack his opponent was is what sold it because mm-hmm. you're like come on out foley i don't care get out here and then that hit and then they were like you saw the like i think one of the first ones was uh uh not wade barrett uh the fucking tall guy he shaved his head i can't remember his name right now but he was like no, uh-uh. <laughs> That's not who I... No. <laughs> you know? Not JR. JR never shaved his head. Uh, not JR. Um, uh, Bradshaw? JBL. JBL. Yeah. It wasn't Bradshaw. It was... Uh, fuck, I don't even know. His finishing move was End of Days. Uh, he was... Um, he's in NXT right now. He was uh, the lucky guy that came out because he was all dead broke and he was... His life was going to hell, and then all of a sudden he started winning all the money at the casinos, and so now he was happy something, or he was... Oh, fuck. He, he was the lone wolf, was his name, for a while. Uh, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin, yes. Damn, I couldn't think of his name. And he, he was the one... He, he did the... Uh, uh, not the CEO. What was the... What was his... Um, the commission. Uh, he was the commissioner for a while. Yeah. So he he was like running around like being the commissioner. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always, I always thought that they did stupid things with his character because I like Baron Corbin as a character, like just just him. Yeah. And when they did the thing where he was like down on his luck and homeless and all, I was like, come on, you know, <laughs> that's that's dumb. That's a dumb storyline. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a lot of mess going on with the WWE that I don't want to get into, but let's no, just say that the person who owned and ran the thing is no longer there anymore and i am really glad he is no longer there and i hope that whatever ndas they made people like cena sign they burn them so that people can start talking but yeah anyway (laughs) hey i want to ask you a question put on your thinking cap for me (laughs) can you imagine in the year of our lord 2024 going to the local authorities or the local city leaders, and pitching the idea of a public bathroom that has free toilet paper. Wait, okay, run that by me again. Can you imagine, in the year of our Lord, 2024, we don't, let's just assume we don't have public bathrooms, that has never been a public bathroom. Oh, okay. Never been a public bathroom. All right. You, you, you left that part out. I'm like, we have those. Why would it be so weird to... Let's just say you've never heard of a public bathroom before. And somebody gets up and says, hey, we need to be able to use the restroom when we're out places. 
that doesn't necessarily involve us buying a candy bar from the local store and, you know, being able to use their bathroom. We need to be able to go places. So what if we opened up these bathroom facilities that are open to the public, that are free to use, and they have free products in them like toilet paper? Can you imagine going like, to somebody... Where's the funding going to come from for that? Where's the funding going to come from? You mean that we're going to give them toilet paper for free? These people need to get jobs and buy their own toilet paper. Maybe we could have a coin-operated toilet so that you buy your toilet paper a square at a time. <laughs> 25 cents a foot. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking like, about oh, that. Oh, my stomach's hurting, baby. I need a 20. <laughs> But, you know, there's stuff that we have today that we've had for, like, forever that you never really put a whole lot of thought into. You know, people, uh, there's there's a lot of people who get really mad and say that, like, the tampon dispensers in a, a lady's bathroom, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of all of those products should be free. Yeah. Like, all of that stuff should be free. And people are like, well, why not? Why, why are you not allowing them to recoup their money for providing you hygienic products. I'm like, well, you're not making me pay for toilet paper. Why would you make me pay for something else that I, I that I have to have for my body? You know, to, you know, that, that I maybe don't have on me. Nobody carries toilet paper around. Why would I carry, <laughs> you know, feminine hygiene products around? And then you've if you're got, a truck driver, you carry that around. Maybe. You never know when that bumper dumper is going to hit. I mean, you know. I've had it hit me a couple times at <laughs> chicken farms. I just, ooh. You just kind of hang on to the bumper. Just kind of. <laughs> Lean back. That's why it's called a bumper dumper. <laughs> I, I saw a, a post in, in one of the, the local Texas Facebook groups. I got kicked out of one the other day, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but <clears throat> this woman had taken a picture of a guy peeing into a bush. You know, like. 20 feet away from her or whatever, she's like, why would this man pee in public at this rest stop? da 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 da, da. Uh, Well, first of all, it's fucking creepy that you're taking pictures of a man that's peeing. Like, that's that's a serious invasion of privacy. But, you know, I guess he's the creepy one. Uh, well, if you're peeing in public, you can't really expect much privacy. Right. But if you're peeing in public, it's not because you want to. <laughs> That's because you just couldn't make it any further, and you're about to yeah. piss yourself. And you're going to sit here and get judged by Karen over here in her fucking SUV as she's driving past you, and the only option that you have is to pee into a bush? What if you don't have the dollar that it takes? Well, no, it doesn't. you can't even buy a Snickers bar for a dollar anymore. But what if you don't have the money it takes to buy something from the 7-Eleven so they'll let you use their bathroom? Yeah, you ain't got the time to go buy something. <laughs> like, sometimes that shit hits, and you're like... Sometimes you got to go. <laughs> you know, you start fairy dogging, man. You know, you're losing the struggle. You gotta get. I read a I read a a, a news story the other day. Um, I believe it was up in Ohio, but this this kid got arrested, and the kid was like eight, but the kid got arrested for public indecency because his mom he had to, he had to go, and they weren't around any place that they could go. So she like pulls him out of the car in a parking lot and opens the doors to give him a little privacy, you know, so he could stand in between the doors. And then he just you know, he just peed because that's sometimes that's what you got to do when you're a kid. You just you, you got to go, you got to go. So she let him do that. Somebody saw them, called the cops, and the cops came and arrested the boy and gave the mother a ticket for public indecency. <laughs> 
Do you know how many times I have stopped on the side of the road with my kids because we didn't have any other place to go? Well, you remember when we were going back and forth that time, we had my oldest daughter with me. Of course, she was very young at the time. Yeah, very young. And she was crying because she just couldn't hold it anymore. So we stopped on the side of the road, and she was like, I don't know how to pee out here. I don't know what to do. And so you went with her and helped her. Yeah. Like basically held her so she could lean back so she didn't pee on herself. Mm-hmm. She'd never done that before. Yeah. But sometimes that's what, I mean, sometimes that's your only option. That's your only option. But you can, you can like literally get a public indecency charge. Now, they're dropping the charges against that kid. Like they took oh, yeah. the, uh, because enough, like it showed up on Facebook. And so everybody's like, are you fucking kidding me? It was an eight-year-old kid trying to relieve himself. Like, what is wrong with you? So they, they like took the ticket away and, you know. We didn't mean it. We're sorry. We were just doing our job. Whatever. Shut up. (laughs) Fucking pig. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know. I think people are a little bit crazy. What movie's coming on? I don't. Oh, is this Star Wars? You know, that's what we're gonna have to do one day. Sit down and watch all of them. Starting with episode. No, 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 no. Starting with episode four. Right. We're not starting at one. Oh, this is episode six. Mm-hmm. It's Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But I, and just seeing this right here, though, reminded me when episode seven came out. Mm. We were in the theater watching the previews, and then the, the music hit. God damn, I'm getting goosebumps. And that scroll come up. And then everybody in the auditorium started cheering. I know. That was fucking amazing. I mean, just that the that the sound of the music and the and the scroll and you're everybody just fucking lost it, man. Like people were so happy, they were like almost in tears because I mean, God, we waited so fucking long for this, you know. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, George Lucas tried. He tried to give us episodes one, two, and three. He lost the thread because he had total control over it. The reason that episode four, five, and six were so good was because George didn't have the reins. He made the movie, and then his wife edited it, which means his wife made the movie. That's why it was so good. It's because of her input and because of the directors that he had in the last two. But he had total control over one, two, and three. And he made the movies that he wanted to make first that his wife was like, no, <laughs> this is not going to be a good movie, sweetie. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to do it this way and it's going to work. So he made one, two, and three. And then we were all disappointed with one, two, and three because we're like, it's not really Star Wars. And then we had all seen the previews for episode seven and we had all seen kind of the, the general vibe and we were kind of like, oh, could this be it? Could they have fixed it? Could they have made up for one one two and three like they've given us this world that we grew up in they they're giving us that old school because the thing about star wars is it's the overall feeling of star wars is that it is a civilization from forever ago that just happened to have advanced technology yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's it, it's a space western. It's it's a space western with spaceships. And one, two, and three didn't have that feel. Yeah. It was a futuristic society. That that's a different 
that, that, that hits a different place in your soul. But having to wait 40 years <laughs> to see that crawl on episode seven, I, I, I yeah, cried. Everybody cheered too whenever. I, I can remember the next time everybody cheered is when they were trying to escape and they jumped in the Millennium Falcon. Everybody was like, oh, you know, it's the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and then those when those doors opened up and then come Han and Chewie and it's oh Chewie God. were home. Chewie were home. And everybody cheered for that. Too. I cried. Yeah. I absolutely, I cried like a baby. Because yeah. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> my childhood. <laughs> yep. All of these wonderful things that I remember, you were giving them back to me. And it was just, it's so hard to recapture that nostalgia and give you the same feeling that you had before. But they, they managed to do it. And, I, and I'm, I'm so impressed that they did a, a good, I'll say they did a good job on 7, 8, and 9. Okay. But these offshoot stories that they've done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Obi-Wan, fucking phenomenal. <laughs> That's probably the best, the best Star Wars property I have seen. I want to watch that again. Yeah, the Mandalorian has been good for different reasons. But yeah, yes. the Book of Boba Fett. I mean, uh, Ahsoka was fucking phenomenal. And we didn't have any background of knowing who that character is unless you watched the, unless, the Clone Wars, right? So I didn't have, I didn't walk into watching Ahsoka having any preconceived notions of that character. And it was still a just a phenomenal show. Especially in Mandalorian when fucking Luke showed up and saved him at that when those dark troopers are in there. Like when he and you're like you're like, oh, which Jedi is this? You know, because you're trying to figure out the timeline, and then you see that metal hand go out and just crush that one by using the force, you're like <gasps> But but honestly, I I think I think we all we all knew. We all cut when we saw the X Wing go past the window. We, we knew, we knew but we didn't people, know. Yeah, we were like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I I need I desperately need Sebastian Stan to jump into the Star Wars universe and play yes. young Luke Skywalker so that we can now I know I know that the story is after after the bullshit with um, with Kylo where he almost killed him. That he went and secluded himself in a, in a different, like in a distant planet in right. that galaxy. Like, I know that's the story. There's a lot of stuff leading up to that point. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And I really, I really want to kind of see Luke as this Jedi who got two weeks of training on Dagobah from Yoda, calling himself a fully-fledged Jedi, when Anakin, who went through all of the training... And then went to the council, and they're like, well, you're still not a Jedi Master. He's like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? But Luke has had two weeks of training doing flips on Dagobah, and he's apparently a Jedi Master, and can run his own Jedi Temple with the kids. And I, Like, I need to see that process. I need some filler between six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. I need some filler. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of room for filler there. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but you there give really me is. episode six point one, six point two, six point three. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 
and talking in terms of movies and just the way they were made and and the the story that they told honestly i think rogue one might be the best movie that's ever been made just in terms of the way that they set up the story and everything that happened within the movie. I'm not talking it's like a like a breakout property of the of the Star Wars universe because four, five, and six are always gonna be, you know, the ultimate goal. Yeah. And and they did really good with um seven, eight, and nine. But just in terms of the story, like I said, the to- the story that they told, Rogue yeah. One is is probably one of the best. Because it it dealt with a lot of stuff. Especially how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When it ended the way four, six started? Yeah. And the fact that you... Or is that the way four started? It's it's the way that... It's the way that four started. Yeah. So, but watching Rogue One, and you've come to, you've come to love these characters and identify with them, and you're like, oh, these are great characters. And then watching them all just get wiped out at the very end, because that's how the story ends. And you're just kind of left with this feeling like, uh, uh, really? Could none of them make it? Could none of them make it? But you knew that that's how, it, that's how it had to end because that's how the story ends. And I think that's why it was so good because it kind of subverted that notion of, oh, one of them got away and now we're going to see them in later. Inter- no, they were all fucking dead. They, and you they have them died. get, but they got the shit to, to Leia and then fucking Vader shows up and you're just like, oh. <gasps> Somebody pointed out in a, in a, a, a meme that I saw, <clears throat> you know, the uh, the Obi-Wan series, because you've got young Leia, and she gets captured by the Empire during that, during that series, and m- probably got captured more than once throughout her life, because she was in a position to be captured. Yeah. And it kind of explains why she wasn't afraid of Vader when, when he confronted her when they arrested her in episode four. And it explains why she was so sassy with everyone around her because she's like, well, you know, this is going to turn out the way that all the other things have turned out. And I'm just going to sit in my cell and wait for some dumbass to come rescue me. <laughs> it sheds a whole new light on, on why she really didn't give a crap about all of these Imperials around her. It's like, it's going to be fine. I will be fine. I am Leia Organa. I will get out of this. It will be fine. But there, um, I'm glad we're we're looking at uh, episode four, uh, six. six here. Uh, but um, what is that guy's name that works for Java? Um, the guy, the Twi'lek that works for Java. What is his name? Oh, I don't. Know. I can't remember. Anyway, they had him in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Which is which was cool to me because I'm I'm glad that they like brought back some of these characters that. <laughs> I think they even had Salacious Crumb in Boba Fett, which was fun. And I'm enough of a nerd that I actually do know his name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when we have enough money, I want to change the refrigerator that we have and get the one that looks like Han Solo and Carbonite. Oh, yeah. On the doors. I want that refrigerator. So you can get that for me when we have enough money. Uh huh. Sure. (laughs) Where are we at? Yeah, oh my we, gosh! If we get that refrigerator, especially if there's like no cabinet above it, it'd be a perfect spot. I mean, what would look better up there than the Death Star? 
I know, right? That would look that would look really good up there. Lego Death Star. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know how um we saw the Lego um Roman Empire? And you made the comment that, well, I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Well, I posted the picture in one of the discords I'm in, and I was like, hey, guys, how often do you think of the Lego Roman Empire, you know? <laughs> and one of the comments was, um, do you think that Lego Roman Empire was built in a day? <laughs> we're like, no. <laughs> Definitely not. She said, no, the, the thing on it said it took 60 hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just realized what that, that was one, one of the robots they just pulled up. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, battle bot that was in uh, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, they brought back a lot of the the old stuff, um, just kind of to get the the feel, the feel for it. I think Book of Boba Fett. It was a good Star Wars property, but it was almost like it wasn't a Star Wars story. Well, it seemed more about the Mandalorian than it did Boba Fett. Because it like for the first couple of episodes, it was mostly about Mandalorian. Yeah, because you because I think they had like eight episodes in in that series, and the Mandalorian and Grogu showed up about episode four, and then was in the rest of it, and it was kind of like, oh, now it's it's the Mandalorian show like this. Yeah, I like the idea of because as much as I like the the sweeping Star Wars universe that's big and giant, and now thanks to Ahsoka, we are literally going to other galaxies that have never been accessed before in the star wars universe like i that that's making the universe bigger but the mandalorian i mean the uh the book of boba fett took that universe and shrunk it down into a desert in tatooine that was about two miles wide yeah and it just it took it took that story and just made it very small not in a bad way that's not that's not what i'm saying more more like it was self-contained none of anything that they did in the book of Boa Fett, had anything to do with the Skywalkers? Had anything to do with the Empire? Other than just kind of tangentially, you would have troops around. It was all about Boba Fett reclaiming his life and becoming a benevolent warlord over this little tiny area of desert on yeah. a fucking forgotten planet on the edge of the galaxy where they have to pipe in sunlight. You know, and... and as much as I like the sweeping Star Wars universe, I kind of appreciate stories like that, too. I don't always want to see stuff associated with the Skywalkers. It's kind of fun to see other stuff. Because that universe is huge. So, let me see the stories in it. I guess it kind of felt like fan fiction to me. Yeah. It was still good, though. No, I, Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it was very good. Anyway, um, we can do some I'm out of the assholes or we can pull it to a close because we are over an hour on this yeah, bad we're boy. Yeah, we're already over. We'll have to save those for next time. <laughs> That's okay because I had some good ones in here too. <laughs> It'll be right. We'll save them. All right. Well, I appreciate you listening this far. And um, I guess we will see you next week uh, for the pre-Super Bowl. Well, I don't know when we're going to film it or when we're going to record next week. We'll see. Anyway. Well, yeah, because we'll do it Saturday. Hopefully. The Super Bowl's on Sunday, so. I don't think we have anything going on on Saturday, do we? I don't think so. They asked me if I wanted to start working on Saturdays, and I'm like, uh, no. no. The only reason I worked the last two Saturdays was just to help out one of my managers, and that was it. I do not want to work on your Saturdays. Thank you very much. It's like my Saturdays are like open now. <laughs>
So, all right. Well, we will pull this to a close. Thank you for making it this far. You can get me on all the social medias. And as we all know, my lovely partner here does not have social medias, so don't try to contact him. Well, I do, but just to watch the funny videos. <laughs> and we will see you next week, and we love you. Bye.